2: This is the Yanks Go Yard podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to the Yanks Go Yard podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante. The only podcast gets you Bronx bombed on a weekday afternoon. This is by far the worst I have felt about the New York Yankees, maybe in my entire life. How crazy is that? What's the record for earliest a season has ever ended? I'm willing to bet September 10th of the previous year is a contender. This was already awful. 2023 was a horrible Yankee season with almost no redeeming qualities. Then they managed to redeem it from September 1st to September 9th. They called up Jason Dominguez and Austin Wells, paired them with Everson Pereira and Oswald Peraza. Anthony Volpe's bat was coming around to match his defense. They reeled off a series sweep in Houston. And it was ridiculous to talk about the potential of the 2023 Yankees going from like 12 or 13 games out of the wild card to making the playoffs. But it wasn't that ridiculous to talk about the 2024 Yankees getting a fresh start. And as many people on Twitter called it, pulling off the instant rebuild again. Kind of felt like whatever happens for the rest of the season, they're going to have a chance in every game, despite having about one fifth of a rotation and despite having no bench. They would have the kids. Well, With no inciting incident at all, Jason Dominguez was scratched from Sunday's lineup with elbow inflammation. Every normal person probably thought that he was fine. The initial diagnosis was day-to-day, and the team was being cautious. But every insane person knew that hope was probably lost and something awful could be lingering around the corner. And sure enough, after one of the Yankees' weirdest wins of the past five, ten years, a 13-inning game in which they were no hit into the 11th, then managed to tie the game twice and walk off, thanks to Kyla Gashioga. Should have been a minor respite after a three-game losing streak and the realization that, okay, yeah, they were not about to pull off a miracle inside straight. They got the news that Jason Dominguez is down with a UCL tear and will require Tommy John surgery. The good news, he's a position player. They typically recover from these much, much quicker than pitchers. Pitchers, it used to be 18 months, then it became 12 to 16 position player. The average is around 9 or 10 months, but a bunch of super freaks have made it back quicker in recent years. Bryce Harper being the ultimate exception, 5 months. Unfair to expect that from Dominguez, but maybe it's closer to you know hitting after 5 or 6 months full play outfield after eight months that seems reasonable Didi gregorius got the surgery in mid october october 17th 2018 to be exact and was back playing shortstop on june 7th 2019 so it's not a permanent blow to dominguez's career he will be 21 next season odds are extremely high he will be fine but If you were believing in the Yankees' chances for next year because if they had nothing else, at least they'd have Dominguez on opening day. Well, in the best-case scenario, he's going to miss about a month of the regular season. In the normal case scenario, it'll be between two and three months. And even if that's relatively fine in the long term, it sounds like a death sentence for next year. And again, it is September eleventh, 2023, and next year already feels like kind of a lost cause. So it's tough to rile up the emotion and enthusiasm for today's show. But we'll talk about Dominguez's injury. We will talk about the man who's replacing him. We'll talk about Brian Cashman's apparent attempts to revamp the pitching staff this offseason at a large sum, plus an old-timers day full of uh, some bizarre statements from some old former Yankees. And guess what? The Yankees go to Fenway Park today through Thursday. One game longer than it should be. Four games of abject uh, pain and annoyance certainly to follow. Uh, because what what happened? Uh well, what happens every time happened? The Yankees seemed poised to take advantage of the Red Sox struggles, maybe have a little fun end of season statement series. Then the Red Sox got twenty-one hits on Saturday after like two weeks of their offense being dead in the water. They woke up, the Yankees lost Dominguez. Uh, at you know just ahead of the potentially very interesting series on the road so we don't get anything that we want and then the New York Giants lost 40 to nothing last night Thomas Carinante welcome to the show the New York Yankees technically the season trudges on for another three more weeks it's hard to find joy in it uh but if you want to try to create monetary joy our sponsor today DraftKings, Kings has an offer for you. oh yeah
3: DraftKings was my best friend yesterday uh got to ignore the Yankees and just watch them on the score app or the ESPN app, and then uh, enjoy all my week one bets. It was a good time. So if you haven't signed up for DraftKings yet, great platform. You got to head over there. If you're a new user, you can receive $150 in bonus bets instantly after just following three simple steps. Create an account, deposit some cash, and then wager $5 or more on any sport. Whether your first wager wins or loses, you will receive Those $150 in bonus bets. And all you have to do is use the code YanksGoyard when you sign up. YanksGoyard, the name of the website. It's us. You're supporting the podcast. Come on down. The offer is available for new customers who are 21 and older and physically present in legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the episode descriptions for full terms of the offer. Yeah, fucking Giants too. I had, they were the final team in my parlay to win like 450 bucks and I had to hedge with the Cowboys. It didn't make me feel good. Um, but the second they blocked that field goal, I thank God that I did it because I walked away with some cash. Um, there's no hedging hopes for the Yankee season though. This is the most downtrodden year in, I don't like, I was thinking yesterday about how this is making 2021 look like a successful season. And 2021 was one of our most excruciating start to finish campaigns, maybe ever, And I get that people would laugh at that because it was a 92-win year. We made the playoffs, but again, that was a year in which one game separated us from having a home game in the wild card game, and instead we had to go to Fenway, got our asses kicked as expected. Um, Then the Red Sox go on an ALCS run. We endure the Joey Gallo for the second half. Um, We're tricked into thinking that, you know, the – Trade deadline moves from that year. We're going to roll over positively into 2022. Nothing really did. Then we're back at square one, it seems, at the beginning of this year. And now I don't even know what to think. You have these guys come up. It's promising for a second. starting to have some sort of trajectory and and projectability for 2024. And the inexplicable happens. I don't know how a 20-year-old has a torn UCL and he doesn't pitch. I I understand that freak things happen, but um, it really feels like freak things keep happening for the Yankees over and over and over and over again. Um, And it's making it not fun to watch. I don't know if it's an organizational problem. I don't know if it's the cosmic elements coming down on us for whatever reason. Cause you look back and it's like the Yankees have a really historic franchise, I guess, but like the last enjoyment that this team has really had was that five-year stretch in the 90s and then before that it was the late 70s so like did we really get that much out of all of this I keep looking back at the at the late 90s and I'm like yeah that was cool and fun but like I'd rather not have whatever we're dealing with now for the last 15 years because this is not this is not enjoyable whatsoever makes you not want to watch baseball
2: that's it I mean, this is the least fun uh, by far. I, I think I tweeted this. I think. I mean, I don't know. I think I blacked out. But this is the least fun I've ever had investing in anything. Yeah. Like, how, how is faith rewarded so little? Like, I I, I know that, like, a, any number – I mean, again, this is obviously what every visitor wants to watch and, and listen to, and, and they can't believe that these words are coming out of Yankees' podcasters' of mouths. But uh, I think there's a difference between – uh, you know, Red Sox fans. Uh, you know, in in the cursed years, like making ALCS runs, making World Series runs, being disappointed at the horn. But yeah, I mean, I'm 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 never going to say like this is worse than that, but this is equivalent to that. Sure. And that was supposed to be the worst thing that any fan base could experience, constantly being let down at the end of a miracle run and watching careers stall out and, and, you know, looking certain success in the face and wondering how could this possibly unravel? And then just finding out how it unravels. And it's a way that you never could have foreseen and that you feel like is unique to you and can never happen to any other fan base like that. We are living through the Red Sox curse years. um, And, this is, it's been, you know, since 2009, they've seen that they've been in a World Series, that they've won a World Series. Obviously, you know, that's not long in the grand scheme of things, but at the same time, it's my entire adult life. So it's its pretty unpleasant. You're getting older every year. So I'm, I'm not saying I demand a Yankees World Series. I, got, I must break this, but the constant inflation and deflation is really difficult to deal with. Um, and, and the Dominguez-Torn UCL is the latest absolutely absurd example of this there a major injury for your most important player right uh how does that typically look well usually there's an inciting incident guy runs into wall Uh, aaron judge slams toe in defense uh you know pitcher leaves mound shaking elbow and and gets removed early and you get scared and you have the weeks of bill weeks i mean days you know sending for an mri you can't feel good about it you get the mri back Two days later, it shows exactly what you think, but you've already prepared for several days. There's no inciting incident here. Dominguez apparently complained of elbow pain on Sunday, Sunday night baseball, played through it, uh, got worse as the week progressed, got scratched on on this Sunday, you know, a week between complaining and officially getting scratched, and then comes back after the game and there's just a torn UCL in there. Didn't do anything to it. We didn't see anything. Brian Hoke was kind enough to point out a throw that looked a little funky in one of the Yankees Tigers games midweek. Sure, but we definitely didn't, you know, there was no moment when it was like, oh boy, something's wrong. Oh wait, we were right. Like a complete blindside and the capper on, on a year on an era of just unfulfilled expectations. There's almost no way to get to the present from 2017 without a Yankees World Series appearance when I mean one of the two whatever like the start of the Aaron Judge era to now and it took freak injury to judge in you know shoulder injury from the home run derby that slowed him down in the second half of 2017 freak wrist injury all those 2019 bumps and bruises stand in the ALCS that year uh, a cheating scandal a pandemic like all of these absurd wild cards that have affected the Yankees window beyond anything. Like, yes, there are self-inflicted wounds. There's the free agency periods where they didn't spend as much as they should. There are players who've regressed as soon as they've signed on the dotted line, all that more typical stuff. But then it does feel like the universe is conspiring against you. You sign Garrett Cole. This season doesn't even exist. You play a hundred games. Of course, the Yankees season wasn't the number one victim of the pandemic. But it does just make you think, oh my, like, come on, that is unprecedented. And Jason Dominguez having Tommy John is now the fourth regular key crucial Yankees position player to have Tommy John surgery since 2017. Glaber Torres in 17, Didi in 18, Aaron Hicks at the end of 19, and Dominguez now. That's not the fourth crucial Yankee to have Tommy John surgery. Yankees position player. And this doesn't really happen. Two position players. Their recovery is more assured than pitchers in a shorter time frame, but it's certainly more unpredictable. All of those guys ended up – I mean, Didi was great in 2019. Aaron Hicks was never the same again, although he suffered more maladies. Glaber Torres, you'd never know this happened to him. Bryce Harper, you'd never know this happened to him. But name the Tommy John position players from the modern era. It's Otani, who's also a pitcher – Bryce Harper four key Yankees and then I dare you to name some others there are very few of them and it's insane that they would all be clustered on this franchise so do not tell me that the Yankees have had some godforsaken luck and do not tell me that we should still be thankful for 2009 and our deep pasts because I went from being a teenager to a grown adult and I have seen I've seen things that you you couldn't imagine Um, you know, I have gotten to the finish line. I have lived that cursed life. That's what we're living right now. We're living that Red Sox style cursed life. I know Red Sox fans want it to last far longer than it has. But during the Red Sox curse, the Celtics were winning 17 championships and the Bruins were the gold standard in hockey. And eventually the Patriots started winning Super Bowls.
3: Yeah, we've got nothing. We got the Giants. Giants had one of the worst 10 year stretches of football you'll ever watch for a team that, you know, that that shouldn't be
2: mired in that kind of uh irrelevancy. And I felt myself feeling the same thing staring at the Giants yesterday. Basically I mean the the Yankees have been mired in this absurd luck. And watching the Giants progress yesterday lose 40 to nothing on national television in their debut game. I was just looking at like if Brian Dable and Joe Shane who appeared to have been the NFL coach of the year last year and a GM who partnered with him to build a stable organization and Dig them out of this decade long hole in one year, maximizing their lack of talent last year and making the playoffs and winning a playoff game. If that pairing turns out to be bad and rotten and smelly and they built something broken, then then I really don't understand sports society like that would be the most cosmically confusing thing to ever happen to my fandom. But it's running neck and neck with the 2017 to present Yankees where you just don't trust anything. You can't trust a single maneuver or brief ray of positivity because it's going to turn around whether the reason makes sense or not. Whether it's a pitcher struggling with a chronic injury like Carlos Rodon, you're like, damn it, didn't see that coming, but at least I get it. Uh, of course, there, <laughs> there comes a chronic injury to derail that pursuit. Position player getting Tommy John for the fourth time in six years is one where you go, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know where that came from. Say goodbye.
3: Yeah, I I think the saddest part about this entire thing is that a lot of Yankees fans, at least ones who were kind of realistic about um, the expectations this year, resigned themselves to knowing that this team was not a contender once Judge went down. Yeah. And then further resigned themselves to knowing that this was a lost season and only requesting one thing. They just wanted a September that they could watch with the young up-and-coming players in the organization so they could be invested in some capacity and not have to feel dejected or feel like they were not being a loyal fan because it does feel shitty when you're not watching your team. I don't want to watch the Yankees. I've minimized my actual being glued to the couch and watching full nine innings Yankees games over the last couple of months because I, I
2: basically can't stand Fenway no. series as it is. Yeah. Like this one's gonna be impossible to watch. Uh not for nothing, but we were so excited about the promotion of Dominguez and Wells and all the kids. You take Dominguez's bat and stats out of the lineup and look at what the kids are doing. 140, 110, yep. 180. I mean, it was just Dominguez. So they've injected talent into this lineup, but the talent has not been producing yesterday. Just, I mean, if you you need evidence, look at the weekend series against the Brewers where through 10 innings yesterday, they had seven hits in the series and no hits in the finale. That's... Just as bad, if not worse, than ever. So that's what we're sending to Fenway Park. The Red Sox lost a 13-12 heartbreaker on Saturday. They're still pretty far out of the playoff race at this point. They could still pull off a miracle. It's within bounds. All you want, really, is for the Yankees to be representative this week, shake things up a little bit. Of course, the Red Sox, they lo- luckily they lose that heartbreaker, but 21 hits in a nine-inning game after being... Pretty dormant offensively for the week prior. They win yesterday seven three. Um, once again, for the, what's it's happened every single time the two teams have faced off this season, one stock up, one stock down. Heading into that series is reason the Yankees are one and eight against Boston and seventy and sixty four against the rest of baseball. The Red Sox are under five hundred against the rest of baseball this year, not against the Yankees eight and one. And uh, yeah, I just wanted a non embarrassing September stretch where maybe we make them think things about next year. We make them think things are a little more uncertain and and we can't even do that because we're once again, entering the series sliding in opposite directions and the most interesting Yankee won't be playing.
3: Yeah. We wanted an introduction with these guys, especially Dominguez because he was the most promising from the jump to the rivalry on the road it was cool that they had gotten that experience in Houston. That was, uh, you know, part one of the, of uh, I guess the, um, the the growth in at the MLB level for them facing tough assignments. Um, even though they hadn't faced the toughest, you have the Tigers, the Brewers aren't that great. We kind of saw that front and center. We was we were just way worse. Um, yeah, and then great you had pitching
2: gibberish offense. Yeah, the offense was terrible.
3: Then you have a couple of uh, division matchups down the stretch that would give you the opportunity to play spoiler or at least not finish last in the division. And then you have this and it's just sad because like so many other bad teams get this, like the Royals get this all the time. The nationals have gotten this over the last couple of years because they have, uh, they, they've been working to bring up younger talent. Um, And uh, you know, even when your baseball season is fully lost or, you know, from opening day that your team is not going to be a contender, you know, that later in the season you can at least look forward to, the products in the farm system that you're hoping will be the future of the organization and now we can't even get that with the lone bright spot of this group of players that the Yankees decided to elevate and in the corresponding move after Dominguez hit the IL today uh the Yankees called up Estevan Florial. um I don't know uh, I- I'm glad that he'll at least get one more shot but they have time and time again not expressed confidence in this guy. He's been buried at AAA all year. He was released at some point. Somehow nobody claimed him. He came back to the organization. Um, they opted to go with much less inspiring players over him. They have allowed all of Jake Bowers, uh, Billy McKinney, and Isaiah Connor falefa to flounder in the outfield as time went on, and they still kept Florial down there. Now he comes up absolutely tearing it up at uh triple a two. He's hitting 284 with a nine 45 OPS um, 28 bombs, 25 stolen bases. This was kind of uh, not that exact production. The Yankees were looking for, but a, a combination of power and speed that they didn't really have another left-handed hitter that they desperately needed. Um, he'd gotten staggered opportunities. I, again, I uh, was, I confident in him, I guess maximizing his ceiling, not exactly, but I also thought it was unfair in the manner in which he was brought up and utilized because if you're a young player and you're getting the staggered playing time and um, you're not seeing that consistency, it's going to be even harder for you to catch on. Um, Then again, I know that there are high standards for Yankees' top prospects. So, you know, a guy like Dominguez immediately makes an impact. A guy like Austin Wells immediately makes an impact. Uh, So many other Yankees prospects have not made an immediate impact, so it was refreshing to at least see that. Now we get, what, two and a half, three weeks of Floreal to see if he can do anything for 2024 because this roster needs depth for next year. Um, Exciting, not really. Would be fun, though, if he were able to play any role in ruining the Red Sox season.
2: Yeah, Floreal going on a heater run is more impactful for him than for the Yankees moving forward. Um, and it would be great. He is somebody who absolutely deserves this chance and deserves a chance to prove the Yankees wrong. Because, again, this season's over. Uh, probably was last week. Now it definitely is. Uh, we do one positive podcast. They go one and three against the Tigers and Brewers and almost go oh and four and lose their long term center fielder for probably about half a season. Uh, so lesson learned on our part. But the Yankees have gone uh, really far and wide. You know, they've searched every corner of their minor league system to not play Esteban Floreal. They're like going to their master strategist being like, is there any way we can avoid playing this lefty, speedy center fielder who's got 20 homer power at AAA and stealing 25 bags? Is there anybody else we can use? Billy McKinney, great. Isaiah Connor falefa fantastic. Like, let's just turn over every leaf and never use this potential workable solution in the outfield. And uh, they're going to have a vacancy in center field to start next season. Mm -hmm. They're not going to want to fill it with Floreal. They made that obvious because they had a a vacancy for most of the year in the outfield and never went to this well. That said, higher upside option than Franchi Cordero, for sure, uh, who they easily could have gone to this week. They've done it so many times in the past. When we've said all right surely now this must be Florial's chance and they would go to McKinney and they would go to Bowers and then they would run out of options at AAA and then they would go to Franchi Cordero and rehash that we've already seen him at Fenway as a member of the Red Sox you can't handle it defensively can't hack it offensively no interest in seeing that again so what the worst that happens is this lost struggling Yankees team calls up Florial and he doesn't play well or gets buried on the bench again, yeah, I guess that's the worst that could happen, but that's not really all that bad. Again, the season is over. But the best that happens is they give the man a chance. He is able to establish himself as a big leaguer, or at least fool enough other organizations that don't yet know what the Yankees think they know. Yankees think he's a 4A player, a quad A guy. He has the chance to put up 20-ish games, a little bit less, of excellent production so that Teams look. Teams around the league look at him and say, we knew all year the Yankees were wrong. Now he's proving the Yankees wrong. Now we can try to steal him from the Yankees this offseason. The Yankees probably aren't giving him that chance next year. The center field thing is going to be really tough because they're going to have Dominguez back, but they're also going to have to sign a competent, above-average performer this offseason, but not someone who Dominguez can't take their job at the end of all this. So, like, if they sign Cody Bellinger, like, uh, you're blocking Dominguez, who's better and younger. Like, if they sign a long-ish-term center fielder, it's it's a very confusing situation yeah. that the Yankees find themselves in. If Florial is a stud and they could just use an internal solution to stop that gap before Dominguez is ready, that would be great. They still need to get veteran bench players. We've talked about this a million times, but that would be nice. Odds are much higher, though, that if he does show out, he's auditioning for somebody else. And the Yankees went... So far in trying not to do this all year long, April through September, he cleared waivers. They still sent him down. They literally got rid of him and he came back. They refused to use him. Now they'd better use him, at least for his benefit.
3: Yeah, that's the least they can do at this point. And yeah, the Cody Bellinger talk, like that's all I keep seeing on Twitter. Everyone's saying, you know, Bellinger and Yamamoto would be a huge offseason. And it's like, no, it wouldn't. $200 $200 million
2: not for Cody kidding. Bellinger, no. And I
3: don't care – again, I don't care about the money. I'll pay anybody whatever if it's the right fit. Cody Bellinger is infamously not the right fit. There are way too many question marks over you know what he did from 2020 through 2022. Now he's having a resurgent year, which is great for him, but there's no evidence to suggest that that's going to sustain. Change of scenery might, might have reinvigorated him. Obviously, he's kind of out of the woods with his injuries now, but – Um, this is a guy who just was having his poor performances compound by the game when he was on a very big stage in Los Angeles. I know he had a couple of, uh, heroic moments in the playoffs, um, even when he wasn't performing, uh, to his maximum capabilities over the last few years, but you already have a long-term outfield, a center fielder in Dominguez. There is no sense in blocking that and paying, Again, more money for either a redundant asset or, again, an expendable one. Outfielders, you do not need to pay unless they are the best in the game. Cody Bellinger was once upon a time one of the best in the game. Then a lot of question marks have surrounded his play over the last few years, and it's not worth investing all of that money, especially when you have needs everywhere else. This team needs depth. This team's going to need maybe a half of a new rotation. Um Bullpen's going to lose a bunch of people and we saw how shaky it's been this year with the back end not really being fully defined so uh yamamoto sure like that's a really good pitcher from overseas um and there's supposedly a lot of demand for him he just threw did he just throw a perfect game or a no hitter what was it
2: no hitter, no hitter? in front of brian cashman, brian cashman yeah
3: so uh, yeah i guess we'll get into that
2: Um, Might as well. I mean, what a crazy little jump scare here to reveal uh, a no-hitter celebration in Japan on Old Timers Day and then – or the weekend of Old Timers Day and and Brian Cashman's just there sitting behind home plate. Why is he there? uh, Well, apparently, uh, they've been ratcheting up their pursuit of Yamamoto for weeks. Yoshinobu Yamamoto, right-hander, the the jewel of this offseason's Japanese – Hosting free agent class uh they sent like the head of pro scouting matt daly and his associates were there weeks ago this time around cashman and omar minaya were both in japan Why? and a report leaked out of uh japanese yahoo sports saying that cashman is prepared to way outbid his 155 million dollar offer from Masahiro tanaka to get this done now, way, 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 way. Let we'll we'll ignore all the stuff about like, well, I'm sure he'll fail because he's a pitcher the Yankees are targeting. And are we sure that's the right use of money? Like we'll have plenty of time to get to that if they ever do sign him. But way too many people are making way too much of this. The Yankees are very interested. Fact. We haven't seen anybody else's GM fly to Japan and sit behind on plate and box seats in the Lauren Michaels Jimmy Fallon seat at the Yankee Stadium. Fact. Those are two facts. But plan to massively outbid the Tanaka offer from 2014, that doesn't tell you anything. Of, they're, of course they're going to have to do that. That was the top of market offer in 2014. So yeah, they're going to have to go higher than what it cost to sign somebody else 10 years ago. And I'm sure somebody else who wants Yamamoto will be willing to do that too. The Dodgers, the Mets are reportedly interested. The Red Sox are reportedly interested. It's going to take over the Tanaka sum no matter what, and then Yamamoto still has to pick his team. So just because the Yankees are going... To bid a large amount that shows they're serious about the process does not mean he is a Yankee. Then there were all sorts of other mistranslated things saying Cashman was going to go all out this offseason and wouldn't be denied or whatever. It's it's he doesn't it's not the denial's not on his shoulders. (laughs) Yamamoto makes the denial so he can (laughs) say I'm paying you this ungodly sum and don't you want to be Yankee? Yamamoto can say no. Remember the Yankees
3: were denied of the best Japanese player? Remember when the
2: Yankees would not be denied on Otani and then Otani said, you are in fact the first team eliminated, the team I want to go to the least? I remember (laughs) that. So, uh, you know, we'll talk about eventually if the Yankees make this pursuit a reality and we have to talk about why we're worried about Yamamoto and what he brings to the team, we will. But for now, uh, too many people connecting him to the Yankees just because Brian Cashman was so interested that he went in person. It means he's interested. It does not mean anything more than that.
3: Well, my whole thing with this is, again, just the terrible timing. Why is Brian Cashman in Japan during Old Timers Day weekend in the Bronx and it's return for the first time since 2019? There are plenty of times to go to Japan to see this man pitch. Um, I don't know how influential having the GM
2: there is, especially if no other GMs have gone to see him yet. You wonder, though, if it's a thing even where they have and people are just still focusing on Cashman because like, oh, Yankees Yankees for clicks. Here's Brian Cashman. Meanwhile, like A.J. Preller is three rows deeper and no one knows what he looks like.
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, you just look at, um, again, the timing of it, the fact that um, there are, and I'm not discounting what Yamamoto's doing, but there are just plenty of Like other soon-to-be free agent starters, we could also be scouting here. Um, Blake Snell is one. Um, Aaron Knoll is another. Uh, There's at least three or four more that are like, you know, 1A options. We haven't heard a single thing about them. Um, And then meanwhile, the Yankees are going to be traveling to Japan again on the weekend of Old Timers Day. It just goes to show that like maybe the older players didn't like Cashman. If Aaron Boone
2: came out and got booed Cashman's like nope yeah. no thanks not gonna do yeah that.
3: exactly because you know you go back to the captain documentary and Derek Jeter talks a lot about how he asked for the contract talks what was it 2010 or 2009 to not get leaked they got leaked it was Cashman clearly trying to get the upper hand on um, whatever was happening um so yeah, I mean, I, I don't think Cashman is well liked, but it's also just not a good image for the franchise to have your president of baseball operations who's been there for 25 years and is supposed to have all these long-lasting relationships with players of yesteryear for the honoring the 1998 team, which was the first year Cashman became GM. Obviously, none of his moves, but he inherited a great core, was one of the greatest teams of all time, and. He's not there. I, I, do, I don't get it. He's in Japan watching a guy pitch. who He can watch pitch at any other time. Uh, very confusing stuff to me. It's the Yankees, once again, priorities out of whack. This is by no means the urgency to get in front of Yamamoto did not just happen overnight. And they're like, oh, you know, you know, weekend of all time. We got to send somebody. We got to send Cashman, who's not a scout. Ryan Cashman's not a scout. And if he were a scout, I'd be very worried based on all of the personnel decisions he's made over the last six years or so. So I don't know. This is like cool, I guess, that we're involved in one of the more highly anticipated international free agents because the Yankees have famously whiffed in that market for so long, outside of what Tanaka and Dominguez, and now Dominguez is... Undergoing elbow surgery, and Tanaka the second he yeah. fucking arrived needed elbow. Thought t-
2: he needed elbow surgery. so he should have had it. Both both of them yeah. both of them tear UCLs in year one. That that's yeah. cool.
3: I just it's it's it cool. I, I hope we're involved again. Like the chatter on Twitter, it just needs to stop. Like the coping where you think that oh, Yankee season's lost, but they're scouting good players, so that means this is we sh- we should etch this in stone right now. Or oh, you know Cashman's going after it as hard as he could. Maybe, maybe not. Also, again, it's up to the player. Cashman's not convincing anybody. Uh, and remember, the Yankees are going to have to pay a posting fee here. It's going to be 20 to $30 million. That's on top of the fucking deal. So if you think they're going to keep going up in the bidding when they know they're going to have to spend, at le- that means they're going to have to spend probably at least $200 million on this guy. The bright side is that he is heading into his age 25 season, much like Tanaka was when he came over. But I don't know. It's a lot of money for i i i it's cool if this is a complimentary move. I'd rather somebody we know who has you know uh absolute performance and results against major league talent playoff resume, not saying Yamamoto is not of that ilk, but like there I think there's a little bit more urgency to fill this current roster with ml like current MLB players who have been through the gauntlet because so many Yankees players on this roster either have. Uh, I I mean, sorry, they either haven't or they're clearly just not built for the moment. Um, So I hope that they're making the right investment moves. But I just, yeah, again, I just don't understand the urgency to do this on September 9th.
2: You can also just never have enough pitching. I hope they they get Yamamoto. I hope he's great. The Mets seem to want him to pair him with Kodai Senga. The Red Sox seem to want him as, as one of their rotation fronters with so much uncertainty there. It'd be great if the Yankees got him and Blake Snell and a veteran innings eater because right now there is almost nobody in the 2024 rotation. Garrett Cole and, and pitchers are notoriously like, you know, you got you got to worry about every single pitcher. So you can pencil Garrett Cole in now, but you can't pencil Nestor Cortez in nope. at all. Can't pencil Carlos Rodon in nope. at all. Uh, I, I've enjoyed the kids. I like Randy Vasquez. I like Johnny Brito, but I'm not giving either one of them a rotation spot out of spring training. Same with Michael Louis King. Hill. Michael King thinks he's a starter now, and he's been pretty great for five innings. I worry about him every time he takes the mound. Uh, Clark Schmidt's been very good. But again, the most successful teams in recent years, and even the ones where it hasn't worked out, have gone nuts acquiring pitchers. They never stop. The the Padres who have Blake Snell, got Snell, got Musgrove in trade, got you, Darvish got Seth Lugo this offseason, got Michael Walker this offseason, just traded for Rich Hill at the deadline. These teams don't stop acquiring pitchers just because they think they have a five-man rotation. The Dodgers thought they had like an eight-man rotation this year, and they're down to the double-A Tulsa rotation. They're calling up Emmett Sheehan and Ryan Pepio and trading for Lance Lynn. They thought they had Dustin May, Clayton Kershaw, Julio Arias, Walker Buehler coming back around now. They don't have any of those people. Baseball is really hard. The best teams in baseball, every time there's an opportunity to acquire a pitcher, acquire two pitchers. Nobody ever rests on their laurels. Meanwhile, the Yankees are just penciling people into their rotation. Oh, Frankie Montas will be our five-starter next year. No, he won't be. So if you want Yamamoto, that's great. Get me two more additional pitchers and then be prepared to pivot at the trade deadline and get another one if you have to. The comment section is kind of lighting up about our pitching prospects. It is the one thing that the Yankees do well yeah build pitching prospects but not build major league pitchers um you know they they built a whole fleet they built ken waldechuk and luis Medina and hayden Wesneski and jp sears and all of them are struggling in chicago and oakland they replaced them with chase hampton drew thorpe drew thorpe who looks pretty ready to go in the big leagues but we'll take a little while longer hampton's gonna need time at double a AA and triple a will yeah. warren's been good at triple a uh Clayton beater struggled at AAA. Vasquez and Brito have been good in the big leagues. I mean, there's good depth there, Mm. but I'm not handing over three rotation spots to the Yankees farm system next year. You want Yamamoto. Fantastic. You better save money for two more pitchers. And then again, be ready to pivot again at the deadline, because if you think you're done getting pitching, you are not.
3: Yeah, it is. This list is interesting. You have Michael Lorenzen, who's kind of fallen off since his perfect game, but could be a good low-cost signing for somebody who could patch up the back end of the rotation. Um, The Yankees will not be signing James Paxton, Jordan Montgomery, or Sonny Gray. Those are supposed to be three other top guys on the market. Um, Blake Snell they should be looking at. I think Aaron Nola, even in a down year, they should be looking at. Lucas Giolito's interesting solely because you might be able to get him for cheap, hoping, you know, in hopes that um, for his sake, he's able to rebound, test free agency again, and then be able to get the contract that he wants. Cause I don't think he's going to be able to get the contract that he wants after um, this season that he's had. <sighs> Depends what Eduardo Rodriguez does, but he's famously a Yankee agitator. I don't see him here. Clayton Kershaw is not coming here. Charlie Morton's not coming here. Julio Urias will be in jail. Maybe Um, Kyle Hendricks. I don't think the Cubs are releasing that team option.
2: It's Um, always good when you have to think about like, will this free agent pitching option be in jail? I just want to (laughs) check. But when I try to balance the budget, is this potential signee going to be in federal prison? Like that's always a good, uh, you know,
3: federal fucking prison. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, Yeah. So I, I certainly support a chase for Yamamoto. I don't know if that is the move to put the Yankees over the top. I also, again, don't know why it's a priority in the second week of September. But anyway, old-timers day, great time, right? Shitty weather, um, shitty everything, shitty loss. Um, and then you have David Wells, who I like, yeah, but then makes it difficult for me to like um, because he is complaining about wokeness and is putting – tape over the nike sign i just i don't know know why 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 is this what we're doing um nonetheless outside of that behavior which um uh, yeah sure free speech but just not appropriate for the circumstances um i think he had a lot of good points about players being coddled yes again kind of an old world older generation type comeback to whatever's happening in the modern day, whether it's, you know, higher salaries or jobs being a little bit more cushy or there being less blue collar opportunity, you know how all the shit goes with the older generations. But um, I thought he made a good point that, you know, some of the players are too coddled. Their salaries are high, so they're treated differently. Um, They are not disciplined. There's no accountability. And I think that that has been a very big, Indictment on the Yankees over the last few years. Um, There has been no accountability. Aaron Boone is very much a player's manager. He does not discipline anybody. If he calls somebody out, it's the most, it's the lightest call out of all time. We've seen countless, and I'm sorry because he's having a good year, but we've seen countless Glaber Torres gaffes over the last three years. And Aaron Boone has been very guarded in his criticism. One time he said that he talked to him after a game when he decided to not hustle to first base. Otherwise, it's been like, yeah, you know, those are tough instances. And it's like, dude, he's sprinting around the bases on a pop-up. Like, can you eviscerate one of your players? Can you bench him the next day? Can you move him down in the order? Anthony Rizzo, like, God bless him. I know he he has a brain injury, but just remained in the three-hole for two months as he was batting 160. The list goes on and on for every other uh, uninspiring performance or... Uh, Aaron Hicks, a good example, bad body language for two and a half years still was playing. We got to yank
2: him off the field at home because he let a guy jog around the bases without chasing a ball. But then he eventually starts playoff games. Oh, cool. Yeah, great.
3: But David Wells was saying that, you know, he thinks that management should be a little bit more tough and send players down to the minors, regardless of what their salary is, to give them a reality check. I don't disagree with that. Somebody who's making, you know, 15, $20 million a year. Hey, uh, go check out Somerset. See how you enjoy that for a little while. And then maybe reality will set in and you'll realize how much harder you have to work being up here with the big league team on, you know, in theory, one of the most renowned franchises in the history of sports. Um, A lot of complacency here. Um, not a lot of, not a lot of accountability in the public sphere. I don't know. Again, we don't know what goes behind closed doors, but it's tough when any of these, uh, managers, coaches, executives, whomever face the media, because there is just, there's never any clarity. It's always beating around the bush, uh, lack of directness. Um, and I think that while a voice like David Wells is uh, refreshing in a sense, because you do want, you know, the old school kind of bulldog mentality where it's like, Hey, get in your teammates face, make sure that you're holding, you know, them up to their standards and that they know when they're fucking up because this is a team and we need to pull each other up. Um, I I don't like how he managed to burst onto the scene and kind of overshadow I think all of the very valid things that he said with kind of childish acts of combating the left for whatever reason on old timers day the least politicized event in sports old timers day
2: yeah I don't think we needed a pull quote from the article that was like everyone should have a gun because he was making good <laughs> points about coddling <laughs> athletes and it's like wait a second why no I don't want no that's I mean people ah, whatever like if you pass a bunch of background checks I guess you could have a gun but doesn't really seem relevant for today's action. No, uh, I, I was, I, I, w- I applauded his efforts to throw the team under the bus and to make it clear that this was not except that people wouldn't visit people from the Yankees past. Wouldn't just visit the locker room and be like, we got a great group of guys here. These kids are hungry or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty obvious all year. They're not hungry or there's something rotten in the locker room. So I did like that. David Wells came out and was like, Hey, something's wrong here. That said, uh, he did say not. It's not on Cashman. It's not on Boone. It's on the players. It's definitely on the players, but I think it's on all of them. Uh, and, and I can't I'm surprised that he would you know, he was invited by Cashman in the Yankees front office to come to this event. So I get that. But I am surprised that he wouldn't put a little bit of blame on him, considering who assembled this broken yeah. collection of players that isn't working and that isn't fitting and it isn't a proper puzzle. Like the person responsible for bringing them together and the person responsible for motivating them are also somewhat to blame. Uh, and I also appreciate the sentiment of these guys shouldn't feel quite so secure, but I don't know if it's realistic to be able to send somebody to the minor leagues in the middle of a season, maybe a two or three day benching though, like glaber Torres is certainly fragile and has, you know had seasons torpedoed in the past by being in trade rumors and just being in the public consciousness which makes him not an ideal candidate to keep around long term and to play spotlight series um so maybe you do have to be kind of careful with him but josh donaldson the example used here in the comment section of somebody who batted fourth and fifth every single day when he was healthy how did i forget
3: to mention him what an asshole
2: he didn't earn it and the fact that he had that long conversation with Cashman that del- or with Boone, that mm-hmm. made Boone's availability and then somehow resulted in no changes being made, made it seem like Donaldson got in a room with Boone. Boone was like, look, man, we have to address this. You've been bad. You're going to have to move down the lineup for the good of the team. And he was like, that's not fucking happening. And here's why. And then somehow Boone got alpha by Josh Donaldson in a private room. 100%. We, all, we all found out about it. Um, that's the kind of person who <laughs> the manager in that situation does need to say, Sit down, shut up. This meeting is not going to be 40 minutes long. We don't need to talk baseball. You are not going to be playing the same position that you have been for a long time on this team when you play you're batting ninth. You don't clean up anymore. We got you for a specific job. You haven't done it in a year. So why don't you sit down for a week? And I think that, that's the sentiment that you can take from David Wells to say, yes, this organization needs more of that, needs more cut. They, they need to be able to cut bait. On things that are not working before it's way too late um not a wokeness issue though not not really a wokeness issue
3: <laughs> it's so this is the most it's the easiest low-hanging fruit there it's like oh players are being called liberals must have taken over the yankees how what's going on in there
2: the computers we, are libs yeah <laughs> i don't think so <laughs> the,
3: the liberal analytic analytics department is really bringing this whole operation downhill <laughs> um but yeah i mean there is there's validity to that it is it is funny how he was like yeah i talked to cash and you know it's on the players and it's like how many players are not getting the job done and if it's a numbers game where most of the players are not getting the job done then it's the roster construction that's the problem if you have a roster of stars and like for example Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton are not pulling their weight every single day in the middle of the lineup then you're like yeah it's the player's fault like these guys were signed here and brought in here to do big things and they are not producing whatsoever. Like, yeah, but when the entire roster is or a majority of the roster is either injured or not built for the moment or falling well short of expectations, that's an organizational problem in regard to scouting, um, recruitment, uh, anything else in between evaluation when you're talking trades and free agency, whatever it may be. So, um, I hope some of the conversation stuck in terms of making things a little bit more, I don't know if strict is the right word. It just feels like there's a lot of complacency and a lot of, um, there's a lot of leeway for players that shouldn't have it. Um, we've talked about this for just about everybody on the roster with the exception of Aaron judge and Garrett Cole, I think Um, because at some various point over the last four or five years, somebody who was expected to have a very large role in this team has disappointed in a manner you would have never expected um, or has regressed in a manner you would have never expected. Um, And that, that seems to me it's more of an organizational problem rather than, Oh, the players aren't getting the job done. It's, Probably a mixture of both, and part of the the reckoning that this organization needs to have. Uh, anyway, reckoning coming tonight at Fenway. Um, here comes the
2: reckoning. Yeah,
3: I mean, enjoy, guys. Look, all of you here who hate us, all of you here who listen to this um, for your enjoyment because of our pain, um, you'll have another one on Thursday to listen to. Uh, this series in Fenway is not going to go well. Uh, like I said, we had our fun last week we we had a little bit of hey what's going to happen if we're kind of near the playoffs and hey what's going to happen if these few prospects kind of pan out
2: and funniest article we've ever published is can Jason Dominguez be on Yankees roster if they make miracle playoff run just uh, a 1000% no to all parts of no he he can't be no they won't be thanks for reading you could delete the whole article and make it six words no <laughs> period and also no to the other thing period <laughs>
3: Well we we know how these these series go in Fenway um the park shrinks every time we arrive um but only for the Red Sox uh nobody on the Yankees can pitch unless it's Domingo Herman and then he will completely unravel in the midst of a no-hitter yeah, um, the
2: crowd that's been barely paying attention for weeks and is yeah. tweeting about how this is the most disappointing Red Sox team in years will just get a Devers home run and be like, oh my God, we're so back in the yeah. first inning of game one. We all Devers owns the Yankees. Let so off, so funny, LMAO. And then they'll be <laughs> in it for the next three days. And then who, whatever the start of the next series is, the Red Sox will, you know, score two runs in nine innings. And then they'll be like constant disappointment this roller coaster never ends and they'll act like the yankee series never even happened but uh it did and it will and, it's, it's be bad.
3: and it sucks too because like the red Sox are not good this year and they still have the upper hand on us because they kick our ass we're slightly worse um and yeah, I uh, you get no get they avoid Garrett Cole in this series, which is super convenient. I'm
2: actually glad about that though. I I'm sick of that. I don't want to. But, say he's, a, but he's the anymore. fucking Cy Young this year, of course. He's going
3: to be the Cy Young in a year where this team is complete ass yeah. at the very least. Can he be the fucking Cy Young at Fenway one time before the Orioles? No. no,
2: he can't. <laughs> because the last time we needed him to avoid a sweep of the Red Sox, he got bashed. Yeah, it was his worst start of the season. His velocity was down. It was like he walked in. It was like a clone walked in and pitched that game. <laughs> it was unbelievable! Not only Devers, who who hit homers off him, Connor Wong and uh, Pablo Reyes, who's now injured. Like they were just tattooing him. They do it again, and they get to break out the Kermit's. It's like true. break out the Kermits. Unbelievable! Freaking! Un- I mean, the pitching matchups are fine. Clark Schmidt, Cutter Crawford, Cutter Crawford's running out of gas. His velocity's been way down lately uh Ronan goes in the second game cool but Severino doesn't go in the third so that's a bonus essentially and then the, why doesn't Luis Severino pitch oh, yeah. in the third game <laughs> of the series Oh, yeah, he got shot on the mound, I forgot. The high-grade oblique strain that felt like a bullet leaking out of his gut that has probably ended his Yankees career. And so much happened that we forgot to even talk about that in this episode. Yeah, sorry. Um, I was just not even thinking. No, not relevant to the bigger picture. This is going to be his last year anyway, and it ends three weeks early. And when he signs somewhere else, we'll do a remembering Luis Severino's finer moments, you know, article. But no, Um So that'll be Brito and Vasquez, I guess, one of the two in that game. Uh and then in the final game of the series, it's the Red Sox have a TBD. We don't face Brian Bayo and we pitch Michael King. So like you could win any of those games.
3: No, the, the two of these are actually televised, so they're no, not.
2: No, they're they're not going to win any of those games. They they could uh they could split and just You know, luckily the Red Sox entered the weekend five games out of a playoff spot and ended the weekend six games out of a playoff spot, so that's good. They're six back of Seattle. They're six back of Texas, who's not even in the playoffs. They're seven back of Toronto. All that's ostensibly good, but what it really did was just create a buffer zone for this series because they're going to sweep the Yankees, so. A Fox Thursday night game? When the
3: fuck? I've been watching baseball all year. When was there a Fox Thursday night game? I don't think there's been
2: one, but everybody wants it, to of see. Course there hasn't, there, of course TV.
3: there hasn't fucking been one.
2: No. <sighs> Unbelievable. It's playoff run season, so we have to run a nationally televised game at our favorite stadium, Fenway Park. The media loves Fenway Park. Any opportunity to get a Fenway Park game, they'll do it, even though there might be dead bodies in the wall and rats. Like, they love it. They can't wait. Uh, so let's put the, the fourth and fifth place teams in the AL East together on national television on Thursday night. Is that fun for anybody?
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's just funny how bad this or just like how mediocre this Red Sox season has been. And like they had a chance. They were 69 and 61. What? Two and a half weeks ago.
2: I refuse to count them out until they are literally mathematically eliminated, but they could have made a big charge the last couple of weeks even and have not done that.
3: No, they uh, they are four and um, they are four and nine over their last 13. Um, but I mean, I guess eight and nine over their last 17 won't look so bad when this, this week is over for them.
2: (laughs) Um,
3: yeah, I mean, Sox fans will be, uh, we, how many, how how many funny clippings have we seen about Sox fans talking about how Alex core is not, or he doesn't know what he's doing two years after he's genius guys, a guy,
2: guys, a guy waves a magic wand. He's a, he's a friggin' wizard. But like he, no. he is though. That's what's so unbelievable yeah. to me. The, the clips that are Red Sox fans being like, "Cora is a clueless bullpen manager," where you could just take his name out and put Aaron Boone in, it. And it would sound like what we're saying. Yeah. Like, do you guys not? Do you not remember? Like, do you not remember what 2018 was like? What 2021 was like? What the, this is supposed to be a way under 500 team, and they're over and in the wild card race. So like, is that that's that's not supposed a, to be uh, us right now? That's not enough for you from Alex Cora. Like you're focusing on these minute, but Oh, he, he used Joe Jakes instead of Brennan Berardino. Look at the roster, man. My, what are you talking about? Cora should have known better. He should have used Berardino as a fireman with the bases loaded. Who are these people?
3: (laughs) Oh yeah. Well, I guess enough of that. I don't care about that. I'm going to watch. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm definitely going to watch. I'm definitely going to watch Wednesday and Thursday. I'll watch tonight. I don't know if I could stomach. I don't know if I could stomach watching Rodon get shelled there. No, I um, mean I despise
2: Nick Pavetta, so I might just take Tuesday off, guys. It would be Fantastic to win tonight, and then largely the pressure's off for the rest of the series because th- I mean it doesn't matter. You just don't want to get swept. Twelve and one Red Sox over the Yankees this year would be pretty embarrassing. All I ask for is can you can you minimize the embarrassment for the rest of the year? Maybe Austin Wells has a nice series. Hopefully Floreal starts three of these four games because I would rather see him out there than IKF in center field at Fenway in the triangle. If the Yankees were to by some miracle win tonight's game, that would make Tuesday, basically a game you don't have to watch. Then you watch games three and four and, and say, I hope they take one and I hope they're able to hold serve in this series. Other than that, you know, they lose tonight's game. Then you can already feel the spiral beginning and, uh, and and the Rodon game suddenly becomes important. You don't want the Rodon game to become important. That's not what you want. No. And uh, just like I said last time, the Red Sox were playing awful baseball before playing the Yankees against the Royals, Tigers, and Nationals. They were down like 8-1 in the last game of the series against the Nationals in the middle of the game. And what did they do? They reared back, and I think they lost it 10-7. But they cut it from 8-1. Pablo Reyes hit a grand slam whatever all of a sudden it was like a one run game and you were like okay great well then I know they're going to be alive for the 80 series and they were couldn't get Justin Turner out kind of the same vibes this time they lose 11-2 to the Orioles on Friday they're down 12-6 to the Orioles on Saturday and come back to 13-12 with a tying run on third and two outs on the ninth and they lose and that's very funny but in the ninth inning of that game if you're like me you're definitely sitting there going, well, they're gonna come to play this week at this week against the Yankees, like they always do. And uh I think you can expect a, a hard fought uh Red Sox offense being at you know A plus locked in this week. And the Yankees are gonna have to have one good offensive showing to, to take one of these and, and try to set a tone. Nothing matters, but this just matters for personal pride.
3: Yeah, that's the this is the last thing they can salvage. Unfortunately, they won't. Um yeah, but they won't. Yeah, I guess we do. Uh, I guess we do a little official goodbye to Luis Severino because this is it. That's it. We'll do an official, official one when he signs elsewhere. But, uh, you know, you thought for a little while there he was auditioning for the qualifying offer. He definitely needed the remainder of this season to even spur a thought of that conversation in the front office. And now he's out for the rest of the season with a lat injury. This is his, like, fourth lat injury. Yeah. I don't know if you've been keeping track, but I did a little bit of a, I go to rotowire when I'm trying to like figure out what's going on. Cause I wrote a little story on him on Saturday and it was like 2018 was shoulder 2019 was lat. Um, last year was a lat interruption. The beginning of this year was another lat. And now the end of this year is a lat. So what the fuck? Just absolutely insane. But now there is there is no chance he is re-signed or brought back. doesn't matter how team-friendly the deal is. Um, I think for as incompetent as the Yankees have been, they have to know at this point that even Luis Severino on a cheap deal is going to figure out a way to derail their plan somehow because he has pitched in 45 games since the start of 2019. He has averaged 4.5 games a year over that span. Since he's, been, since he's been injured at the tail end of, or the second half of the 2018 season. So um, they would absolutely be insane to bring him back. I don't think it's happening. So um, farewell to Luis Severino. Hope he finds his footing elsewhere. Um, I thank him for 2017 and 2018, but I thought that this relationship should have ended at least a full year ago, and the Yankees stuck with it, and it backfired in their face. So I don't know
2: yeah i thank him for 2017 he was legitimately electric first half of 2018 same second half of 2018 i thought something was wrong i was right he never recovered nope he's he shown flashes he was helpful for portions of for the tail end of 2019 had a good playoff battle in minnesota but not a good start looked great last year i was happy for him this year different story was just sort of starting to find himself again Mm -hmm. too. And then the lat gave out uh, and it gave out to the point where I don't know how you look at that severe grade. I don't know how you look at that and think he'll be ready for next year. Like luckily it won't be our problem. And and every time this year I've tweeted after a particularly horrible start, like Luis Severino, thanks for everything. Best of luck in your new endeavors. Good luck in your next line of work. Like, sarcastic and sardonic and, and probably probably a bit too you know pointed for someone who maybe deserves a little better and a little bit of sympathy but at the same time i only have so much sympathy for someone trying again and again and again to find something that's not coming and to continually take that money and just it's it's not coming it's not getting any better so if he finds it in another city that's fantastic he did just find it for a couple of weeks here so it it could happen But I have no interest in chancing anything, not a one-year contract. Nope. I mean, not a qualifying offer, but not a one-year $8 million deal, not anything. Um, We're all good. Best of luck wherever wherever the future is.
3: Best of luck. Thoughts and prayers to all of us. Um, At least give us a victory on 9-11, Yankees. That would be cool. We remember everybody – uh, who was lost, all the families that were affected by the terrible tragedy. What was it, 22 years ago? Jesus yep. Christ. Yep. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it would be it would be nice to see a couple of New York teams just get the job done. You got the Jets on Monday Night Football tonight. You got the Yankees against the Red Sox. Again, at Fenway, how are they getting these 9-11 – how are they doing this? Have Yankees Red Sox at Yankee Stadium for 9-11 or have Yankees Mets for 9-11 or have – they had, NFL had the perfect opportunity to get Giants-Jets 9 MetLife Stadium, do half the fucking ticket sales to the Jets fans, half the fucking ticket sales to the Giants fans, have a great time. Instead, they do Giants-Cowboys on Sunday Night Football for the 75th time that no, no national audience likes watching, by the way. Giants fans don't enjoy it. National audience defi- definitely doesn't enjoy it. Now we get Jets-Bills, which I guess is fine because the Bills are technically a New York team, but they might as well be Canada with how close they are to Montreal than they are New York city figure out this scheduling. It's it's it, not that you need to capitalize on the marketing, but it's just good for societal morale to see your favorite teams play and like to have, you know, have the city come together in some capacity. Like it's a sports game at the end of the day. It doesn't matter. It's just nice to see. It's just nice to see competition and everybody rallying around a similar cause. And they, the, the MLB and um, NFL have botched it eternally and it's really annoying so that's all I gotta say about that but I'd rather go off on a better note remembering the lost ones and all the families that were affected and just hoping for a Yankees win it would it would really set the tone nicely for the week and um, have us end this hellscape of a season at least we could put a bookmark here and just say we won on 9-11 against the Red Sox and that was nice
2: You're going to get some Red Sox fan holding a sign tonight that tries to take credit for it. Like, we stood by New York 22 years ago. We will never forget. It's like, okay, yeah, but it happened in New York, and now you're trying to beat us and ruin my day. So I guess thank you. You you want me to thank you? Um, Yeah, I I look out my window. I see where the Twin Towers were. I see it every day. I will see the blue streaks through the air tonight. Um, I will be thinking of the families who lost uh, so much more than a life. That day, um, you know, there is there is the physical and and then there is the emotional toll. Both are and never ending. Uh, Twenty two years feels like yesterday. Yeah. And uh, every single year I'm going to feel the same thing. And every single year I bet most of you will as well. Um, you know, I, I didn't even lose somebody close to me and I will still never forget this. I can't I can't imagine how some of you who lost somebody close to you must feel um, And we are here with you and hopefully the New York Yankees are here with you tonight and the New York Jets are here with you tonight to give you at least a semblance of solace. Again, 22 years. The wound never closes, never gets any easier, especially when you've got the daily reminder um turn on the tv today it's on all the new york channels you see them reading the names of the dead and it will go for hours and hours um it would be nice to feel good tonight it really would um and we thank you for joining us in the comment section as always lively not a lot of laughs to be had today unfortunately we see you we see the comments uh, keep trying on thursday we'll maybe have a better day but probably will not uh jason dominguez best of luck in your recovery Luis severino best of luck with your next steps new york yankees best of luck as the walking wounded heads to Fenway Park, as Florial Floreal can make a major statement for whatever his next team may be, it would be truly nice to see him do that. That said, I'm sure the lineup's about to drop, and I'm sure it's IKF and dead center yeah. back fifth or some other piece of nonsense. Uh, so we hope to see you back here on Thursday. It's every Monday and Thursday, 2 o'clock Eastern time, streaming live on YouTube, also on all podcast platforms. Apple, Google, Spotify, all the good ones. Wherever you get your podcast, you will find us there. We sincerely thank you for sticking with us. The times could not be tougher for the New York Yankees. I would have loved to have talked about a weird, wacky, fun 13-inning victory yesterday that reminds us sort of why we love baseball, even in a lost season, but it turned so glum so quickly thereafter that it just does not feel relevant. That was a really enjoyable fake game yeah like when you're out of it and you can win a game like that it it does make you go we couldn't win a game like this when it mattered more really but it also just makes you go man that was so weird like and actually kind of spoiled the brewers weekend a little bit that was sort of devastatingly fun but we don't even get to enjoy that because we got just awful news afterwards and and hopefully it just does not get worse from here best wishes for a clean surgery clean start to the recovery use the code yakes go yard the promo code on DraftKings today's sponsor yeah feels weird to drop that in there. But of course, uh appreciate you all. If you haven't signed up yet, DraftKings is the spot. Full terms are in the description. Uh we love you all. Thomas Caranté. uh you can find me on Twitter at Adam Weinerb. Where can everybody find you if they want to commiserate tonight or for the rest of the season?
3: for the rest of life at tommy's underscore takes we are at the official yanks go yard twitter account at yanks go yard fs we are both there you don't know who's answering you so that's what makes it a good time mm-hmm. head on over to Yanksgoyard.com. plenty of content there we are still full steam ahead a lot of off-season questions a lot of fallout from the Dominguez news um a lot of more things a lot more things to be upset about so we are not leaving we might just Uh, Preserve ourselves from not watching full nine innings for the rest of the way because it's pretty damn brutal, but we are here, we are tuned in, and we are giving you everything you need to be informed on. So stick with us. We appreciate you guys reading and tuning in. We will see you again on Thursday, hopefully with something. I just want something, one thing, one thing for you guys for us to enjoy, and we'll be talking about it then. Have a good week, everyone.
2: Have a good week, everyone. Do something. New York Yankees just do something.